This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You said my world on even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. All righty, we continue. It is the Zach Gelb Show, coast to coast on CBS Sports Radio. Time to get to a week 11 edition of No Huddle Offense. Touchdowns, sacks, upsets, and last-minute heroics. Another NFL Sunday is in the books, and we've got you covered with the biggest plays and sound bites from another wild week in the National Football League. It's time for No Huddle Offense on the Zach Gelb Show. Texans survive. Texans win. They are now six and four on the season, taking down the Arizona Cardinals 21 to 16 in the first half. It looked like this was going to be a high scoring affair where we'd see fireworks from both quarterbacks with the way CJ Stroud was playing and then also Kyler Murray. But in the second half, only six total points were scored and all six did go to the Arizona Cardinals. Kyler Murray in the game was 20 of 30 for 214 yards, a touchdown, and a pick. Also had seven carries for 51 yards and a rushing TD. C.J. Stroud, 27 of 37, 336 yards, two passing touchdowns. You say, Zach, that's a pretty damn good day. Unfortunately, had three interceptions, though, in the contest as well. Texans moved the ball very easily, but then once they got onto the Cardinal side of the field, uh, things did not go well, but the 21 first half points was all they needed. And everyone's talking about the heroic rookie season for CJ Stroud, as you should. How about the 69th overall pick from this past draft, Tank Dell? He's also been a monster as a rookie. He had eight receptions, 149 yards, and a touchdown. And let's hear a CJ Stroud 40 yard touchdown pass to Tank Dell. Offset eye, CJ drops back in the pocket, looking, flushed out to the right. CJ comes it long downfield and caught touchdown! Wow. Amazing catch, Tank Dell! What a throw by Stroud! And Dell with the reception jumps into the stands. Go Cougs! That's my guy. So there you go. That is the Texans Radio Network, of course, Tank Dell uh, from Houston. That's where he attended uh, university last year. Um, and he's having a remarkable season. You look at this Texans team. My biggest takeaway actually from the game yesterday, Devin Motor Singletary. That's back-to-back weeks with over 100 yards. He's very streaky going back to his time in Buffalo, but last week got 150. This week gets 112 and a touchdown. But when you go back to the Texans and you see that game, it's like, all right, they won the game. They're 6-4. It's an incredible story. But what's their ceiling for this season? Are they just a team that's solid, or can they be an actual threat come playoff time? Can they be a tough out? 
And they got a big game this upcoming weekend against the Jaguars. They already beat by 20. Kind of lean in Jacksonville. So they lose that game that puts them at 6-5. and five. But after that, even though the Broncos are surging, they should beat them. They should beat the Jets. You play Tennessee twice. Bare minimum, you should split. You should probably win both. You play Cleveland. That's going to be a good game. And then you have the Colts at the end of the season. They're no good. So I look at this Texans team. They should have 10 or 11 wins. And the reason why I think they are a dangerous team is because there's no expectation. There's no pressure. You make the playoffs, which I do believe they will. No one's going to go into the playoffs and say, oh, we got to fear the Texans. But D'Amico Ryans has that team believe in C.J. Stroud, even in three interceptions. His confidence doesn't waver. I do believe they're going to be a tough out. Not saying they're going to win a playoff game. Not even saying they're going to go to uh, the divisional round. But that's going to be a tough out because that team doesn't fear anybody right now. Cowboys and Panthers. This game goes how I kind of expected it to. Frank Reich got the play calling duties back as the head coach. But my, oh my, that offense stinks. I'm not even going to crush Bryce Young because no quarterback could go behind that offensive line. Uh, really no run game and also have no wide receivers that are number one wide receivers in this league anymore and go make that a decent situation. The Cowboys win 33 to 10. Give you some numbers from the game. Dak Prescott, 189 yards, two passing touchdowns. CeeDee Lamb, six for 38 and a touchdown that snaps a streak of uh, 10 plus catches and 150 uh, plus yards. And uh, Deron Bland is the big story from this one. He had his fourth pick six of the season. Now, I, I knew that he had a few on the year. But when they flash it across the screen yesterday, it's his fourth of the season. It's like a holy crap type of moment. And maybe he ends up getting five. Uh, but here is uh, Deron Bland's 30-yard pick six. Uh, his fourth of the season. This made it 30-10. to 10. From the 25 play action, Young throws the ball. Intercepted at the 30-yard line. Coming down the left side is Bland. Catch at the five. He did it again. He did it again. Unbelievable what he is doing. Undercut the first down pass, and Deron Bland said, I don't think I've scored in about two weeks. Oh, man. So Bryce Young with the pick there also had a touchdown pass, only 123 yards passing. That's the third straight game with him going under 190 passing yards. Uh, so the take from here, Cowboys fans, it doesn't take much to get them going and for them to start kind of puffing their, their chest out there and saying, oh, we're great, oh, we're wonderful, oh, we're going to be a Super Bowl team this year. Doesn't take much. But let's remember what this team did up against the Eagles and 49ers. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that they're a great team and give them any words of extolment after blowing out the Giants and blowing out the Carolina Panthers the last two weeks. You're expected to do that. You'd rather have the blowout victory than it be a close one. And everyone enjoys a stress-free Sunday. But that doesn't alter my view of the Cowboys because the Cowboys have a really good defense. Dak is a really good quarterback. They have really good pieces on the offensive side of the ball. But they're just a really good team. They're not a great team. They're not an elite team. And come playoff time, I think at best, they get to the second round. At best. But I don't see any way how they're in a Super Bowl this year. I don't trust them to be consistent. Because even last year, people go, oh, what are you talking about? Dak played well up against the Bucs. They were 8-9. How did Dak do the next week? How did he do up against the San Francisco 49ers? He didn't show up when that was a winnable game. And they should have won that game. And shame on me, I actually picked them to win that game. 
So we've seen the Cowboys the last two years make themselves look like a great team with 12 wins, but come playoff time, they come up small. And I just don't trust them. I think they are the team that is just stuck on being a good team, and they are not close to being a great team. Let's go to Santa Clara. Man, Brock Purdy was rocking out with this Brock out. He was looking pretty awesome. Brock Purdy is back. And a lot of it has to do with his team is now healthy. But he did have a 76-yard touchdown to Brandon Ayuk. This made it 20-7. Brock Purdy in the game, 333 yards passing, three touchdowns, and it's uh, three straight games over 295 yards. And his last two, he has six touchdowns to no interceptions. Christian McCaffrey got back into the end zone. He had 102 total yards and... Brandon Ayuk, five for a buck 56, and this long score. Going deep down the sideline for Ayuk. He's got it, and he's gone. 20, 10, 5, touchdown! San Francisco! Ayuk, Ayuk, Ayuk is on fire! House call, baby! What a throw! So I actually have to apologize to the San Francisco 49ers radio network. Back in week two of like the NFL season, when I was on from 6 to 10 p.m. Eastern, I did a weekly spot with uh, Nick Costos. And I said, Nick, I'm pretty sure I've heard you sing in your voice, Ayuk, Ayuk, Ayuk is on fire. And I credit that to Nick Costos. And he was like, I don't have a Nick Costos, uh, Brandon Ayuk song. Like he looked at me as if I had 3000 heads. And I go, where the heck was that from? And there you go. It's from the San Francisco 49ers radio network. And I'm a big fan of the San Francisco 49ers radio network. Touchdown, San Francisco. Even though I think the 49ers are a heck of a team. I think the Eagles are better. And 49ers fans don't like me. They're a radio team. They are elite. And the 49ers, you just see what happens. Like Now people are like, oh, Brock Purdy's back in the MVP conversation. Brock Purdy's great. No, I still think Brock Purdy is a product of the system. Now, he plays really damn well. I give him credit. I give him praise. But look what happened when Trent Williams was hurt. Look what happened when Debo Samuel was hurt. Two big pieces out, and he looked human. They lost three games in a row. They get those guys back, and it's like, wow, here's the great Brock Purdy again. And maybe one day he turns into a great quarterback. But it doesn't matter this debate, franchise quarterback or system quarterback. You go get the job done this year and win a Super Bowl, call him whatever you want. It shouldn't bother you because you'd have that Lombardi trophy. Let's go to uh, Cortland Sutton. Here's the game-winning 15-yard touchdown catch. What an incredible uh, catch this was by Cortland. This made it 21-20. They missed uh, the two-point conversion. It was no good. Really dumb play call. But uh, here is the game-winning score. Wilson under pressure, steps up, throws back in the end zone, it is caught, touchdown Denver, touchdown Denver, Cortland Sutton, a leaping grab in the back of the end zone, and the Broncos have taken the lead, with 103 to go, 21-20 Denver, what a throw, what a catch, this place is going nuts, they love it in the Mile High City. So the Broncos are somewhat back. They are 5-5. Five and five. They have won four games in a row. They took care of business against Green Bay, Kansas City. They beat Buffalo when McDermott handed them that victory, when Sean Payton was trying to do everything in his power to not get the victory. But up against Minnesota, that was like another game. I'm watching that game. Minnesota should have won the game. And then you walk away from the TV and you go, oh, wait, Denver won? 
So yeah, they're five and five. They are now alive, but their next four games, they play Cleveland who's good, the Texans who are good, the Chargers who aren't in the Lions who are good. You want to show me that like you really change? Go 500 there. Go, go take two out of the next four. Go take three out of the next four if you can. But if you're like one in three after these next four games, I don't want to hear about the parade that's been thrown in these last four weeks for Denver. Here is what I'll say about Denver. Sean is being the way that Sean coached. And he was someone that the first few weeks of the season, it's like, what kind of Sean Payton is this? And now he has got back to the coach that he's capable of being. And for Russell Wilson, he's not a late elite. He's not great, but he's playing good football. And this gives Russell Wilson another year in Denver, which is a good thing for the Denver Broncos. But I'm not going to go nuts and go all delirious and, and say, oh, they're this great team. Oh, they're this force. Because just as quickly as they won those two games last week, they could have easily lost them as well. They're moving in the right direction. Now let's see how far you could take it. Raiders and Dolphins, low-scoring game here. I really thought the Dolphins were going to blow out the Raiders, but that wasn't the case. So, so far through three games, the Raiders with Antonio Pierce are 2-1, and one, and they've been in. Right, that game yesterday. They've been in all three of the games. Winning two, losing one. What more can you ask for? Dolphins win 20-13, to 13, but their offense did nothing in the second half. Uh, let's listen up to the early score. Tyree Kill, catch and run. This was awesome. 38-yard touchdown. This made it 7-3. Wilson in motion. Back to throw. Looking downfield. A great catch by Hill. Go Action tackle. Touchdown Miami. Dolphins. Touchdown ran everybody on a crossing route. Nobody in the secondary could catch him. Great throw by Tua Tungabailoa. And Tua in the game at 325 yards passing, two touchdowns and a pick. Tyree Kill, 10 for a buck, 46 in that score. He's on pace to go over 2,000 yards, 2,077 to be exact. Aiden O'Connell, 217 yards, a touchdown and three picks. Devontae Adams does get into the end zone, seven receptions for 82 yards. A lot of people critical the Dolphins offense out of this one. I understand it. I'm not going to crush them after yesterday because I think you're going up against the Raiders. You're at home. You knew you were going to beat that team. Uh, they played okay in the first half. In the second half, they weren't great. I think yesterday just kind of shows you that even when you win, there's limitations with the Dolphins. Like the Dolphins are one of those teams like the Cowboys that are a good team. Their defense played great yesterday, so give them all the credit in the world. But in the big games, they don't take care of business. And they lose to the Bills 48-20. to they lose to the Eagles 31 to 17. They lost to the Chiefs 21 to 14. And even though two is statistically having this phenomenal season, I still go back to two weeks ago when you're up against the Chiefs trying to make that second half comeback complete. You're driving, you underthrow Cedric Wilson Jr. by 10 yards, and then you fumble the final snap. The Dolphins, their apex, I think they could win a playoff game. Their speed kills, their defense is getting good under Vic Fangio. But I don't, even in a year that's wide open for the AFC, Look at this team as a contender because they showed me who they really were up against the Eagles, the Chiefs, and the Buffalo Bills. And finally, I had the Lions in Survivor yesterday. And there's only 16 teams remaining. And I'm thinking to myself, we're cooked. We're done. We're finished. This game is over. And there was uh, a lot of people were, were on the commanders yesterday. So, like, six teams got eliminated out of the 16. And I'm saying to myself, man, I can't believe the Lions. I waited so long to pick them in this phenomenal season. They're going to screw me. And in the final three minutes, just awesomeness happened. Jamison Williams 
This team was down 26 to 14 with over three minutes to go. Jamison Williams, a 32-yard touchdown catch. The extra point was good. Defense forces a uh, three and out. David Montgomery caps off the drive with the touchdown. Then Goff finds Laporta for the two-point conversion. And Aiden Hutchinson with the score of 29 to 26. He called game. Hit fields. Ball pops out. The offensive lineman kicks it out of the back of the end zone. And the Lions win 31 to 26. Here is the David Montgomery game-winning one-yard touchdown run. This made it 27 to 26 to give Detroit the lead. First and goal from inside the one for the Lions. They trail by five. Looking to take the lead here late. Goff is going to work out of the gun. Montgomery to his right. Jared leans in, takes the snap, hands to Montgomery. Yes. Hits down to the end zone. Touchdown, Detroit Lions. They've got the lead back. David Montgomery against his former team and the Lions. What a comeback. What a comeback. I know a lot of people are going to say, yeah, they won the game, but I'm discouraged by the Lions. I'm not at 8-2. How many years have we seen the Lions be the team that chokes up that lead? And this is what good football teams do. They find a way to win when they don't play their best. And this team is 8-2. They have the Packers coming off a win on Thanksgiving on Thursday. They'll beat the Packers. They'll be 9-2. and And their final games of the season are the Saints, the Bears, the Broncos, the Vikings, the Cowboys, and the Vikings. So good final three games of the season. But this is going to be a team. Eagles lose tonight. They got a chance to get the one seed. I think, and I said this earlier in the year, I believe the Lions are going to be the two seed. If you looked at that schedule and you just kind of saw the team that was developing, they got a great chance to be a top two seed in the NFC. All right, that's your week 11 edition of a no huddle offense. We'll take a break. Jeff Brom back at home with Louisville as their head coach. And in year number one, I know they got Kentucky this weekend, but they are off to the ACC championship game up against Florida State. The head coach of Louisville, Jeff Brom, will join us next. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You said my world on even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. 
Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Jeff Brom is back home at Louisville, and his football team is 10-1, coming off their latest victory in a thriller, 38-31 over Miami. Coming up this weekend, the rivalry showdown with Kentucky. And then Louisville is off to the ACC championship game where they will do battle with undefeated Florida State. Let's go out to the guest line right now and welcome in the head coach of Louisville. And that, of course, is Jeff Brom. Coach, first off, congratulations. Appreciate the time. Thanks so much for it. And how you been? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. Well, let me start you off with the game up against Miami from this past weekend. The final few minutes were mayhem with Coleman turning up the Jets. Then you guys have that big goal line stand and then the Hail Mary by Miami comes up just short. When you're walking off that field after getting your 10th victory, knowing you're going to the ACC title game, just what were some of the emotions that you were experiencing? Well, without question, we were really, really happy. It was a big win for us to go down to Miami and play a really, really talented football team. They were even more talented than I thought uh, when I watched them on in person on field. Uh, so, you know, I thought we, we played pretty well for the most part. We hung in there. We showed some fight. We showed some toughness. We showed the ability to kind of overcome a few mistakes here and there. And uh, to win in the end was just a great feeling. And I just think that, uh, you know, we wanted to try to get to that ACC championship game, not going in the back door. We wanted to do it our way, uh, come out with a win. You know, we hadn't won at Miami uh, ever. Uh, so to go down there and, and to beat a really good football team was a big win for our our football team. I know that this is home for you, but you never know how year one is going to go. And you've been doing this for a long time. You've got to build trust with your players, and the players have to believe in you. Why has this worked to this level this quickly here in your number one? Well, I think, uh, you know, we don't try to overcomplicate things here. Uh, I think uh, I try to be as real and as genuine as I can. You know, I'm here with a purpose, and that's to try to help this football team win I try to help this university this fan base experience success and because I live here and have to go home to it uh you know I'm going to put everything I can into getting it done and uh so I just think that I've tried to invest as much as I can our staff has done a good job uh who ha- also has a lot of ties to this area this university we understand the importance of trying to win and re- win right away I think we've had some good players on our team from this past year we tried to gel them with some new transfers and new additions and we just try to do things the right way we want to treat guys right but we want to work hard. We want to find a way to win. We want to be creative in our approach. We want to think outside the box. We do everything in our power. And I think it starts from the head coach all the way down. Like, I have to do my job. You know, I can't be a figurehead. I got to put the work in. I got to invest. I got to take the blame when things aren't going well. I got to be able to adjust and have answers to problems. And our coaches do as well. And then we kind of circulate that down to our team. And I just think if our team is willing to work hard, uh, identify our mistakes every week, whether we win or lose, and try to get better. Uh, and come out every week and try to improve and, and be really good at the small details, you're going to have a chance to win. And I just think uh, for the most part, they bought in. They've done a really good job. Without question, they enjoy winning. It's meant a lot to them, and I think it entices them and gets them to work even harder. I remember Jeff Brom. I talked to Sonny Dykes last year when TCU was off to that 4-0, 5-0 start, and he even admitted he was a bit surprised how quickly things did come together. If I would have told you before the start of the season – Going into the Kentucky game, you guys would have already had a trip booked to the ACC championship game, and you only would have one loss on the resume. What would you have said to that? Would you have believed it? Well, uh, you know what? Uh, I don't put anything past uh, anything. But, uh, you know, being new uh, and not understanding the league, I wasn't for sure. I'm not going to lie. And I, I just try not to think too far down the road. I think if we just kind of take care of 
business, uh, you know, every day and do the best job we can and prepare and, and make sure we're uh, adjusting to make sure that uh, we're all doing our part. Anything can happen. At the same time, you know, there's a lot of games this year we could have easily lost. So, you know, we're sitting here at this 10 and one point. We could have easily probably lost four or five of those games. But we did the small things, and we just found a way to get it done. So I just think you got to have a little bit of luck. You got to work. Uh, you got to work hard, uh, and you got to you know try to keep guys healthy. And I just think things have bounced away a little bit. We ran with it, and uh, we got to continue to try to do that. If you have success at your alma mater, th- there is nothing better than that. But you always know it could go the other way. So that's why sometimes guys are are skeptical to take over the reins at a place that has meant so much to them. Why was the timing right? Why did you want? this job when you elected to leave a good job in Purdue and, and, and go back to Louisville? Well, you know, I just have so many ties uh, to this area. Uh, my family, uh, I have a big extended family, and uh, I owe a lot to this uh, university and this, this city as well. You know, it gave me a lot and supported me along the way. And I just think you always want to give back uh, to people that uh, have helped you get to where you're at. And you know, I got a chance to kind of, you know, make my way around the world a little bit playing and coaching and uh, had an opportunity to come back here four years ago and, and decided not to. And I thought it was for the right reasons, even though a lot of people wanted me to and uh, were a little bit angry when I didn't. Uh, but I just thought it was the right thing to do. And when it came around the second time, you know what? I just felt like uh, I, I gave my all to Purdue for six years. Uh, we found a way to get to, uh, starting with nobody in the stands and not winning many games at all to to getting to a Big Ten championship game in our sixth year and, and going to multiple bowl games and winning a lot of big games. I just thought we, we elevated the program and got it to, back to a really good level where they can take it and run with it. And I just thought it was time to come back home. And, and uh, while I was somewhat young, to, to give back and try to help this town, this university. And, uh, and yes, correct. I mean, knowing that I, I live here and know so many people, you know, I knew the pressure was going to be on. Like, it's important that we win. It's important that we win Win now. It's important that we, we play a good brain of football that people want to come watch and be a part of. Uh, but that's that's the risk that you take. I mean, every time you step on the field, there's a chance you could lose. There's a chance you could win. And, unfortunately, half the teams win and half lose, and there's nothing in between. You just got to figure out a way to get it done more more often than not. So I, I really enjoyed um, the, the competitiveness of trying to get this done. Obviously, we still have – a season left to play because I think the, you know we have a huge game coming up this week and we got to try to win uh, against Kentucky. I know that you said, and I was I was reading this earlier today that the Kentucky game is the most important game of the season. I understand it's rivalry week, but some people turn their heads uh, in multiple directions. When they hear that, they go, "Wait, what did he just say?" Because you have an AC championship game the following week and potentially a New Year's Six bowl. So just go through the explaining for people that didn't understand your quote. I, I guess from a few days ago. Well, I'll, I'll explain it. Uh, trust me, if, if you live in this city, if you live in this town, if you live in this state, uh, this game's the most important game of the year. And, uh, you know, the uh, University of Louisville hasn't won this game in the, in the recent past. Um, and it's time that uh, we try to find a way to win this game. Uh, you know, this fan base um, wants to win against Kentucky. Uh, it's a rivalry that uh, is, is probably more powerful than people think outside of this state. And we have to find a way to win. And uh, so I just think you have to put importance in a robbery game. You know, in high school, I played in a big robbery game with Trinity and St. X, uh, two big schools. And, and I understand the importance of winning and what it means to the fans and what it means to uh, in the offseason and what it means to the people on the team. Uh, you know, the, a lot of this fan base with Kentucky and Louisville, they live next to each other, live in the same neighborhood. And I just think you have to put importance in that game. And, yeah, sure, when we get to the ACC championship and the bowl game, it's going to be extremely important as well. But – there's no way we can look past this football game and not understand that this is the most important game of our season.
You know the relationships that you build when you do this. Uh, Florida State's having an incredible season. You guys will meet up, Jeff Brom, on December 2nd for the ACC title game. Uh, but I was gutted for Mike Norvell and, and his program over the weekend when they uh, lose their quarterback, their leader, Jordan Travis, for the season. Just how did you react to that when you, when you saw that unfortunately unfold? Well, it's very unfortunate. So the last thing you want to do is see a devastating injury happen to anybody, especially probably one of the best quarterbacks in the country who's on an undefeated team. So, um, you know, we wish him a full recovery. Uh, we wish their team the best. Uh, they've had an outstanding year. Um, they had their backup quarterback step in, and they scored 58 unanswered points, and he's played a lot of football too. So I'm sure this team will rally behind that. Uh, they have a lot of really good football players on their team. So, you know what, uh, we, we just really hope uh, and pray that he has a full recovery and that uh, he's able to continue playing uh, at the next level because I think he's going to have a very successful career. If you guys beat Kentucky and you beat Florida State and you get to 12-1, and what would your pitch be to the college football playoff committee about being one of the four teams that are left standing? <laughs> well, I know how this thing works. Uh, you know, I'm a football fan myself. I think that uh, – you know, for us, we got to take care of our business. Uh, there's other really good football teams out there, and I'm sure if they win, um, you know, our chances may not be as good. Uh, but at the same time, you never know what's going to happen. You know, this is rivalry week this week. There could be some upsets. Uh, so every week matters, and that's why it's important uh, from a, a coaching and player's perspective, you can't look beyond that. Fans can. You know, they can see the future, and they can predict, and they can hope all these things. That's great, and we love it. But from our perspective – like, we have to take care of business here to have any chance to advance. And that's how you have to look at it. You know, if you win, you advance. If you lose, then you're out of that mix. And so it's really important that we just kind of, you know, really concentrate on this game, have a great week of practice, and try to beat Kentucky. Well, Coach, appreciate the time. Your team has had a heck of a season this year. Good luck the next two weeks, and we'll see how far you guys can take it. Appreciate you doing this. Okay, thank you. Have a good day. There he is, Coach Jeff Brown, joining us on the Zach Gelb Show on CBS Sports Radio. And you never know, even with the guy – that is experience like a Jeff Brom, who was just the head coach at Purdue. Like uh, Sonny Dykes had three, I believe three jobs before he got to TCU. You just never know how your ones are going to unfold. And in this transfer uh, portal era as well, things could change rather quickly. And to see in year one, this team be 10 and one, that's crazy. And also if they go 11 and one, 12 and one, they probably don't get into the college football playoff, but it's amazing how no one's even talking about them, even though they're in the top 10, about having that possibility of going to the CFP. They're going to need a lot of chaos to unfold, and I think he even kind of understood that in the last answer that he gave. But you are a one-loss conference champ. It doesn't mean you necessarily get in, but you have a case to be made, especially with them. We'll see what happens after Tuesday where Florida State falls after the Jordan Travis injury. But right now, Florida State is in the top five in at number four, and you would take them down. So can't wait to see how this does unfold. Terrible news with Jordan Travis going down for the season for Florida State with how much that I just love the way that that kid plays the quarterback position. But you got a big one for Louisville fans up against Kentucky this week, and you already know, uh, regardless of the outcome of that, they do have Florida State in the ACC championship. All right, it is Zach Gelb Show on CBS Sports Radio. We'll break. We'll come on back. We'll talk a little bit about the Lions being America's team and also give you a preview for the big game tonight to wrap up Week 11 in the NFL. It's a Super Bowl rematch between the Kansas City Chiefs as they do host the Philadelphia Eagles. But update time first. Here he is, the Ackman, Rich Ackerman. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. 
Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. A left 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. And Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. A lot can happen between falling in love with a house and owning it. Having an advocate who can help you navigate negotiations, timelines, inspections, and more can make all the difference. That's what the expertise of a Realtor can do for you, because that's who we are. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. It's time to answer our Ask the Pros question of the day, brought to you by O'Reilly Auto Parts. Jay in Erie, Pennsylvania says, Zach, with your Patriots being trashed this year, who's the NFL team that you're pulling for the most? You could submit a question by tweeting at CBS Sports Radio or at Zach Gelb using the hashtag AskThePros. Think O'Reilly Auto Parts for all your car care needs. Get guaranteed low prices and excellent customer service from the professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts. It's easy. America's team, the Detroit Lions, led by Dan Campbell. Not the Dallas Cowboys. They're not America's team anymore. You can't be America's team when... You haven't done jack since being America's team since 1995. So now we have a new America's team because now we need to root for a team that's been a loser for so long and they have gone from the basement to starting to go into a four-star hotel and maybe by the end of the year they're upgraded to a five-star hotel or a penthouse suite because that's what the, the, uh, the, uh, the Detroit Lions are starting to do. They really are. This is a fun team. Jameer Gibbs is getting going. Amara St. Brown got the best of his brother yesterday. Sam Laporta's been a steal in this draft. Jamison Williams came alive yesterday. And defensively, I don't know if there's a more underrated defensive player in football than Alex Anzalone. And this dude shouldn't be overrated. Every week, he leads the Lions in tackles. He has great hair. He's a great story. He was good with the Saints And he's even better now with the Detroit Lions. And he's one of those Dan Campbell culture guys. A lot of times people say culture and no one never defines culture. But the message that Dan Campbell is preaching is carried through Alex Anzalone. And Aiden Hutchinson is an absolute game wrecker. He's a dog. He's a beast. He's an animal. And quite frankly, he should have been the number one overall pick in the draft. I would have picked a few players before I would have picked Trayvon Walker out of uh, Georgia uh, going to the Jacksonville Jaguars. But I love the Lions. Like, Stu, your team stinks, even though the record doesn't indicate that with the uh, with the, with the the Raiders, but you know the Raiders are going nowhere. And they had a nice, fun two out of the last three weeks where they get victories up against crappy teams and the Giants and, and also the Jets. But you're realistic. Stu's never going to tell you, oh, the Raiders are going to be great unless he actually believes it. I've never heard Stu no. actually think that the Raiders are going to be great. So if God maybe says to you, well, we don't have to get all religious here, but let's just say a bigger voice says to you, you don't have to root for the Raiders for the rest of the season. Who's the one team that you're pulling for? 
It's got to be the Lions, right? It's got to be the Lions. I, I'd probably put Texans second, only because I kind of like story. the story, uh, C.J. Stroud, all that. But, yeah, I would say Lions for sure are definitely the team. Now, Samter, you were kind of like a Fugazi football fan. You go from being a Jet fan, then the Jets tortured you, so now you're jumping on the bandwagon of the Kansas City Chiefs, and your Chiefs play tonight. There's a reason why you're wearing red. It's not that you just got a free sweatshirt from one of the great Army-Navy events from the Army-Navy game. We all know that you're just wearing that red uh, because you love the Kansas City Chiefs so much, and I'm sure it's killing you that you're not at the game tonight in Arrowhead and uh, rock it out with the Chiefs' kingdom. But let's just say you were a football free agent, and you were not already made your mind that you were just going to latch on to the bandwagon of the Kansas City. How about those Chiefs? And you said, okay, I got to stab the Jets in the back after they stabbed you in the back for all those years. Out of all the teams in the NFL, who would the team that you would jump on their bandwagon if it can't be Kansas City since you already uh, hitched your wagon to the bandwagon of the Kansas City Chiefs? There's, I mean, Stu brought up a couple, but there, there really are a lot of really fun teams. But to your point, there's nobody that's just easier to root for than the Lions because of their history, because of their coach, because of their quarterback, because of Aiden Hutchinson. They're just a lovable team, right? Like even the Bengals who've had a lot of down years, you know, there's things that you can like and not like about the Bengals. But at Same least they were the consistently Texans. in the playoffs, the Bengals. They just, with Marvin Lewis, would get to the playoffs and would never win a playoff game. Right, but like historically, even before Marvin Lewis, yeah. the reason why it was great that they were getting to the playoffs was because people were in paper bags on their heads for so long because of that team. Well, not only that, oh, I forget who the linebacker, was it Takeo Spikes? I, th- I think he played for them. He once told me a story. <laughs> When uh, his jock strap needed uh, a new jock, when he needed a new jock strap, he went to the Bengals and they, under the the old regime, said, "Oh, you have to return the old jock strap." And he even told me a story when Marvin Lewis first got there that they used to charge the players for Gatorades. Marvin Lewis said, "We're a professional team. We don't need to charge our players for Gatorades." So they brought in like the Costco size Gatorades, right, in in great frequency. And all the players would take them home because they used to not be free. And he goes, guys, you don't need to take an entire case of Gatorade home. They're free now. So that used to be the standard kind of of the Bengals. You need a, a new jockstrap. You got to return the old one. They used to make their, their players pay for the Gatorade. Uh, that is a sad story. Hopefully things have changed there. But yeah, I mean, like the bank, there's just, there's just a lot of teams that are easy to root for this year, but there's, I don't think that there is a more likable, rootable team that I can remember in sports than these lions. Wow. They are lovable, lovable. So, and it starts with Dan Campbell. I think the three teams, if I had no skin in the game here, the three teams that are easiest to root for. For the rest of the way. The Lions, as you just mentioned, now with Deshaun Watson out of the picture, the Cleveland Browns, for me, become very likable. Nope. And then the final team, it's actually the Minnesota Vikings. Yeah, Josh Dobbs does help that. But you can't root for the Vikings and the Lions are in the same division. Yeah, that's true. So if you had to pick one of them, yeah, it's a good point. Yeah, I'm going then the, Lions one. Then for the sure. other team that you would consider would be the uh, the Texans because you're that team. They survived the end of Deshaun Watson. Now there were problems with the way that they treated Deshaun Watson towards the end, and then we found out more about Deshaun Watson. Where it was like, oh, no one can actually defend that creep. He went from being someone we had sympathy for, and then deservedly so, having no sympathy for Deshaun Watson. So there was a lot to unpack there. But that team, the last two years, you knew they were hiring coaches that they never intended to actually be. 
the guy, and they get one of their own in D'Amico Ryans. They draft C.J. Stroud, even though they probably, um, as uh, John uh, McClain would say, um, he, uh, the general, that if they were honest, they would even admit that they preferred Bryce Young, but they got C.J. Stroud, and instantly in a year, they're 6-4, and four, and they got a damn good chance to go to the playoffs. So, yeah, those are three of the four teams this year, three or three or four teams this year that are just so easy to root for. And all those teams, like the Vikings, have had terrible losses throughout the years. The Lions have been just such a joke. The Browns have been uh, just such a joke. And the Texans, yeah, I know they're a newer franchise, but the last few years, remember that creepy Jack Easterby, the character coach in New England, and then he became the most powerful person inside the Texans organization. Uh, it's absolutely bonkers. So there you go, answering the question. It has to be the Detroit Lions. Now, uh, let's do a little preview on the game tonight. I do like the Eagles. I did plus, uh, I think it was at plus 122, Eagles on the money line, uh, plus the two and a half as well. I think the Eagles are the play tonight. Both these teams, it's weird. I, I do think right now these are the two teams I trust the most in the NFL, but both of them, even at eight and one and seven and two and great problems to have, they have not played their best brand of football. The Eagles offense can play better and defensively they could play better. And for Kansas City, their defense has been so underappreciated this year, but their defense has been the best unit on this team out of the three phases of offense, defense, and special teams. And we have not seen a great Patrick Mahomes game this year up against a legit opponent because their best offensive performance of the season was the 41 that they did hang on Chicago, but it's like, all right, who cares? It's the Chicago Bears, and that was the Chicago Bears back in week three. So this offense has not popped to the way that we're used to it, and I'm not saying the Chiefs are vulnerable because how many times do we have to say this? We did this song and dance last year. Oh, they lose Tyreek Hill. Oh, they look vulnerable. And right now, with how vulnerable people are saying Kansas City is, who's the who's the other team in the AFC that you're really intimidated by? The Ravens? That's about it. Bengals now, no, with Burrow out. I mean, are you really that worried about the Bengals without Mark Andrews? Although they got good news You mean news the Ravens without Mark Andrews? The Ravens, yes. They yeah. got good news that he might potentially come you, back this you year. You know why? But still, it's not the same. You know why? The Ravens have a kick-ass defense. And also, Lamar Jackson doesn't fear anybody. And Lamar Jackson has taken down the Chiefs before in the regular season. Now, they've never met in the postseason, but Lamar is a game-changing player in the NFL and someone that's won a unanimous MVP. They, they are the second-best team in the AFC. Um, I don't think that's up for debate, but it's not as if there's these great options out there. The Dolphins could be good teams. They can't be great teams. The Jaguars, same thing, could be good teams. They don't beat the great teams. Um, you go around the AFC West. I don't like any of the other three teams after the uh, after the Kansas City Chiefs. The the Bills, you know, are, are they? Uh, you know, I, I I hear some people go like the Bills are, are maybe like the sleeping giant because they lost all these games and then maybe they pop back up if they just get in. I can't trust Buffalo. I, I don't. I can't. Tr I used to be the biggest McDermott fan. McDermott's missing something. That defense is missing Milano and Tredavious White. I love the move at the deadline by Brandon Bean uh, to get Rasul Douglas. So that was a sneaky move. But offensively, it's just been too much up and down. After one performance against the Jets, where they were okay, I'm going to sit here and tell you that the Bills are back. That would be disingenuous. So it's a two-team race in the AFC. It's, it's Kansas City and the Ravens until someone else takes that baton and runs with it. 
for a, for a good amount of time and shows they could do damage up against some elite teams. But I think these are the two best teams in football, Eagles and Kansas City. And what makes it scary for the rest of the league is we haven't seen either of these teams play their best brand of football yet. I know 49ers fans will say, what about us? What about us? What about us? Yeah, okay. You're, you're in that conversation. You definitely belong. If the Eagles don't get to the Super Bowl, it should be the 49ers. The Lions may have a, a, something to say about this. But it is kind of crazy with all the hype around the AFC entering the season. There's three teams I feel better about in terms of getting to the Super Bowl. We're in the AFC. There's two teams I like to get to the Super Bowl, but I can't give you a third right now that I feel all that confident about. So long story short, I like the Eagles tonight. I trust their offense more than the Kansas City offense right now. And I think the defense will be able to make a championship play late. I think this is a close game. I think this is a really good game tonight. Uh, but I like the Eagles plus the two and a half. I like the Eagles to win the game outright. Stu, uh, what's your play? I hate picking against Kansas City, especially in Kansas City, but I like the birds tonight. I do too. I think they're just playing better right now. There's just a little something missing from that Chiefs offense. So I think the Eagles in a close game get the better of them. The leader of uh, Chiefs kingdom. I know who you're going, but tell me why you like Kansas City tonight. Uh, the Chiefs are starting to roll right now. Travis Kelsey is feeling it. I don't know if you saw, but Donna Kelsey was getting a police escort into the stadium today. And an endorsement on her shirt. There are all types of momentum flowing in Chiefs, uh, Chiefs Kingdom's favor. No We're Taylor Swift tonight, though. It, does, it doesn't matter. We will absolutely rock this game. The Eagles are good, but they are nowhere in our class. It's going to be at least a 14 to 17 point win. 14 to 17 point win? Crush. You are such a homer. I, I may double and triple down my bet now. <laughs> I may I may throw some biscuits like Brian on this bet. That's how confident I am. All righty. We'll take uh, – that's the end of the show. I was going to say we're going to take a break. That's what happens to do eight hours of radio yesterday and try to do three more today. We'll be back tomorrow. Good show for you uh, tomorrow. Tommy DeVito is supposed to join us in addition to Drew Brees. Talk me out, everybody. We out. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. Peace. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love. Hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.